0: Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever monthly edition of The Binge Movie Podcast in which a couple of homos still review the latest movie theater releases just in a monthly format now. I am Jason Leroy. And
1: I am Rebecca Larte. And the movies we're going to take a look at this month are Joker Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, and Pain and Glory. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consumer moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And Send It Back means. Life
0: is too short for that and mess. Another thing, Life is too short for weekly podcasts. Weekly podcasts. <laughs> weekly yep. podcasts. It only took it turns us a
1: couple out. of years to figure it out.
0: We, we figured it out in a tight five years uh, <laughs> that the show might make the most sense. Uh, as a monthly show, mm-hmm. uh, it was just a light bulb moment, and uh, as soon as we talked about it, we were both equally enthusiastic. Yeah,
1: and, and confused about why we hadn't thought about this before.
0: Very confused, because as you all may have noticed over the years, it has been an uphill battle doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing mm-hmm. a weekly show in terms of just the resources it takes to put it together, to watch three movies every week, to get the whole thing out there. It's It's... We have jobs, guys. We do. We, you know, I mean, like, obviously, of course, the job that matters the most to us is working with all of you on what movies you should watch. Like, right. That matters the most. Mm-hmm. But that's not what pays the bills. No,
1: this the, the impact we have on the seven or eight of you is yes. far outweighs the Absolutely. impact we have at work.
0: It's how we want to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we are also breadwinners. And so yeah. we got to go win that bread. And uh, I mean, we both. I'm off joint keto.
1: Breadwinners. Yes,
0: yeah, we are both joint breadwinners, and I am off keto, and I am <laughs> all in on that. So, uh, so yeah. So we decided to start doing a monthly format. For those of you who didn't see uh, my announcement about this on the old Facebook, uh, we are going to be doing from for the foreseeable planned future. We are going to be doing uh, an episode at the end of each month. In which we look back at the biggest and/or best and/or most notable releases of that month, and we are going to focus on movies that we've both seen and have stuff <laughs> okay. to and have stuff to say about, and um, and so that means that inevitably, because there's more than just three or four movies that come out every month, um, we are not going to be talking about as many movies, right? But uh, each episode, we're going to do a little sort of quickie roundup at the start of the show of those sort of other titles that mm-hmm. we're not going to do a more in-depth review of. Um, and also, we are still here anytime you guys want to like reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and ask us about any particular movie that maybe we didn't talk about. We're still here to uh, to talk with you guys about any of those. But we are just going to be focusing on a few movies each month, and we hope that you all enjoy it. We hope this gives you more time to actually watch the movies because that's a comment we got over and over and over again was that, <laughs>
1: okay. was that people, no, no, no,
0: <laughs> not just Rebecca, but also you at home um, because a lot of people would say that they didn't want to listen to our reviews until they saw the movie. Uh,
1: and right, yes. so
0: this uh-huh. gives everyone more time to do that. And I hope it's a win for everyone involved. Um, but uh, we welcome your feedback about it, and we're gonna give it a go for the first time right now.
1: And we, I think this this month we are we are uh, reviewing some of the bigger movies. But I think you know in the future some of the bigger movies we might have a quick statement about um mm-hmm. uh, but might dive into a smaller movie if we find that that's something worth uh really showcasing
0: absolutely and uh, and we're picking arguably the worst time of year to do this because yeah, there are so many movies there are so many movies that are going to be coming out these next three months as we get into well not into we are in prestige season and um so it's going to be very difficult winnowing down in november and december in particular but October was a little bit easier Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of sort of big blockbusters that I don't think either of us saw And uh, was, like, I, I, I didn't see the new Maleficent Who? Um, <laughs> huh? Who is she? Who? Her? Uh, for instance, and we're not going to talk about that uh, There were, yeah, some, some, some major releases this month But we're still going to talk about at least one major Very controversial release um, In addition to some, um, some, some awesome smaller films
1: Great, I'm so excited to see less kids movies
0: Yes, <laughs> unless we want to,
1: right? Unless it's unless it's uh worth it.
0: This is about our agency.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but uh, with that all said, uh, we're gonna dive into our our roundup of um of sort of shorter uh, reviews, our capsule section of uh of titles that we're not doing our deep dives on. Rebecca, I believe you had something that uh, that you recently, and this is not an October movie, but oh no, but it
1: it should be. It's kind of a, it kind of could be.
0: It certainly could, yeah. In terms
1: of it being uh, spooky, scary,
0: that's true. That's true. And this is also the latest installment of everyone's favorite segment. Uh, Rebecca finally saw it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's called um, Hail Satan. We reviewed it five months ago. Hail Satan? Um, Question mark? Question mark? Hail Satan? Uh, Jason gave it a binge it, which I guess means it doesn't necessarily need a secondary opinion, (laughs) but um, man, is it a binge it. I watched it twice um, in one week, finally. Uh, It's on Hulu now, so it's streamable. Uh, The documentary about the Satanic Temple, uh, their journey, their growth. uh, What an amazing documentary. Uh, What an amazing group. Uh, I think I'm a little bit more... um, sympathetic susceptible to their mission than Jason. I think you had previously stated uh, in our review that because you're not an atheist, this isn't necessarily the, the place you would, you would um, invest, you would put your eggs in, but that you identified, appreciated, and understood the need for what they're doing and their mission. Um, as an atheist, I have definitely researched looking into uh, joining this organization, um, but it is such an important movie I think that we've seen uh some documentaries here that are important to know about to uh to have like when we saw the um uh the movie about the one child policy Mm -hmm. uh that that is important to know about it's important um to have the full context of the situation because it's not quite over and there are implications for our society right now i think this movie is is more important because the battle is so real here. We, are, we take for granted the uh, religious majority in this country and uh, how it is in conflict with, you know, kind of the values of this country that they, it was originated on. You learn a lot about when, you know, uh, religion was added to you know, our money and our, um, uh, our Pledge of Allegiance, how that's part of a something that happened in the 50s. Very important context. I think this is a very important battle because it it um, it it ends up being why things like our right to have agency over our own bodies and our own identities and workplace uh, um, workplace protections around LGBT issues. I cried during this movie both times I watched it when oh. listening to the seven tenants. Um, mm. I've never felt like there was such a more true and empathetic and I, I, the world has changed and we are we are at a place right now where culture parts of culture are so much more aware of the struggles of people in the world. And I think that even though we, we like have judgments about new religions and right. we have a safety in old religions, <clears throat> this one has uh, this, this group has an, uh, has redefined their values for today's society. And it's very important. I really urge you to go see it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's truly a great documentary. I didn't realize it was streaming on Hulu. Now that's awesome. Um, everyone should watch it. And yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is that to me, those tenets uh, are 100% compatible with Christianity yeah. as I understand it. And so that's part of why I 1 million percent support their mission, um, because I don't think that there's, it just doesn't, there's no conflict there. No. Um, like these things can coexist and make the world a better place
1: right i think that like as a christian you can in- completely embrace them and and it, it comes without all the baggage i think of the way that certain groups who have political influence have bastardized the the message of of christianity and other mm-hmm. religions um right. and, and it kind of redefines it with the with a pure point of view exactly
0: uh well i'm glad that you finally saw it i'm glad that you <laughs> loved it um, it's like a recommendation it is it is it is definitely a must watch uh, My quickie reviews are going to be... Well, one is a movie that came out at the end of September that I think is the only major release from the back half of, of September post our last episode that we didn't get to talk about that I feel like you all might be wondering what we thought of. And I don't know if you saw it, Rebecca, but it is Judy. I did not. The Judy Garland film starring Renee Zellweger. Uh And I saw it at TIFF ding and i saw <laughs> it a second time with scott in la a few weeks ago dong dong and um you know it's fine <laughs> mm. uh it is uh you know it's it's so difficult to you know we've talked endlessly on the show about how difficult it is to do a good um biopic mm-hmm. and uh and this one is i would say average it's an average biopic it does the thing that we always like, where it focuses on a specific chapter of her life. Mm-hmm. In this case, uh, sort of the last year of her life. And uh, Emory Zellweger is, is as everybody has said, very, very, very good. It is. It felt to me, watching her in this movie, like I was seeing her for the first time since almost Chicago. Oh, wow. It was like, there she is. There is... This is the actress who was in Chicago... 16 years ago this is that actress in 2019 played doing another musical role and um and I've missed her so it felt it felt so good to have Renee Zellweger back because she really was so inescapable and ubiquitous for all of the early aughts and so I guess I didn't realize how much nostalgia I had for uh for Renee Zellweger until she was back in this role her singing is is once again pretty remarkable um mm. she had to sing live the director wanted her to sing live and the many many musical numbers this movie has and despite the fact that at no point does she really make you think oh it's like i'm watching judy garland <laughs> like they could not have cast like renee zogier is arguably one of the most like distinguishable <laughs> actors in the um... world <laughs> Some might say.
1: Interesting take. Uh, How so?
0: In the sense that she has a very distinct voice. Okay. Uh-huh. And she has a very distinct face. And
1: Interesting. And
0: I'm talking about her. I'm not referring to any of like the alleged kind of way she's altered her face because in this, I feel like her face looks the way that it did before. Okay. Um, But, you know, she famously has very distinct eyes mm. and a very distinct way of speaking. And... And in this movie, all of that is there the entire time. Like, at no point do you think that you're not looking at or hearing Renee Zellweger. It's very much her the entire time, but at the same time, it's very much Judy. So it's, it's like this very bizarre, remarkable kind of um alchemy that she pulls off, where she is simultaneously Renee Zellweger and Judy Garland the entire movie. So Very
1: good use of the word alchemy. Thank
0: you. Uh, So I would say that, you know, it is... It's not a great movie, but to me it is it's a need to see for her performance.
1: Wait quickly. why isn't it a great movie?
0: Um because it's a little sort of like mm, it's just sort of very average m- drama uh like it doesn't really do anything that fresh or inspired with the way it tells her story. It also um forces us to watch flashbacks of her young life um when she was first you know becoming a movie star and and it felt to me very unnecessary to have these flashbacks mm-hmm. because i feel like we all know the saga of like young judy garland being sucked into the gears of the you know exploitative studio system at a young age and um you know the ways that her life was not her own from such a tender time in her life and um you know so i just felt like it was unnecessary to have those flashbacks it felt a little pat like we don't need to see her on the set of The Wizard of Oz, mm. having Louis B. Mayer, you know, berating her for not being prettier and all that stuff. Like, it just felt a little unnecessary. Okay. It felt a little TV movie. Um, in particular, the TV movie that was made about her. <laughs> um, Judy Garland, Me uh, Me and My Shadows, starring the great Judy Davis as Judy Garland. But uh, anyway... So, yeah, for me, Judy would be a consume, um, but it's a performance that we're all going to be talking about for months to come because it's going to be nominated at all the award shows. You think? Oh, unquestionably. Like, she's still the front runner to win Best Actress Wow, for this movie. really? Yes. Um, so that was a movie from September. One movie from October that we are not going to review on this show, but I know a lot of you are wondering about, is The Lighthouse. hmm The new film from Robert Eggers, who last made The Witch. This one starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And that's it. Uh, and this is another one that I saw at Tifting. And I just don't know that I like what Robert Eggers is putting down. I just don't know that I'm like connecting on his wavelength because I didn't love The Witch, and na- which people are fanatical about. Mm-hmm. And now I did not really love The Lighthouse either, uh, which I mean, I think is just starting to come out. And so I haven't really seen like my my friends and their feedback on it yet. But let me tell you, for a movie with just two characters and just one setting, I had no clue what the fuck was happening the entire movie.
1: Interesting, because I was going, I've I've been waiting for the moment to break in and ask you. The movie seems like such an enigma. I'm (laughs) so excited to hear a little bit of insight about what it's about.
0: (laughs) I couldn't tell you.
1: Because I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah. Okay. I I have, it's, it's these two guys are in a lighthouse. And I've seen like different people sort of like, like a waiting off- for
1: Godot, offering like, is- their
0: interpretation. No, it's just like they're in a lighthouse and they have a lot of like conflict with each other, just like roommate stuff. Like Willem Defoe keeps farting, uh, which you would think, mm. which you think I would love, yeah. Um, but uh, so it's very, it's it's yeah, it's just kind of like the grossness of having to share close quarters with another person. Um, it's, <laughs> a, it's tell me about it. So I remove
1: move the shit the monthly. <laughs>
0: Um, And then it's also, and then it kind of becomes more of a story about madness as, cause the two of them are in this like isolated location together running, you know, uh, as like the lighthouse operators. And then Rob Pattinson's character starts to kind of like lose his mind, but you know, and I guess, you know, Robert Eggers is referred to, you know, the lighthouse as like, Oh yes, this is like a metaphor as like a phallus. So maybe this is about like a particular brand of sort of like male craziness. Um, toxic masculinity. I don't know. Um,
1: what was the other lighthouse movie that we watched? Um, oh, the
0: one with um, with the light beyond the ocean or whatever. The one with Michael yeah, Fassbender.
1: Michael Fassbender and uh, Alicia Vikander. Vikander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is this different?
0: <laughs> <laughs> same movie. Chunky sweaters, you know, just lighthouses. Like, yes. Alicia Vikander kept farting. Uh, <laughs> so, same thing. Same basic movie. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, part of me. I mean, it, it's it's just like with the witch the you know sort of like the technical aspects the aesthetics are meticulous and inspired and um and it is i have to give my hat off to just how completely bonkers the movie gets like truly bonkers and things i haven't seen before this movie does but in the end i was just kind of shrug about it i was like what was that all about Mm. um so for me um the lighthouse is a consume
1: I can't wait to see this and then talk about it in two or three months.
0: <laughs> see, don't <laughs> worry, guys. We're still going to do Rebecca finally saw it. It's not a segment that's going away.
1: And now let's move on to the movies that we are going to actually review this week. Because <laughs> we're not going to call those reviews, even though they were clearly
0: reviews. Yes.
1: The first one, uh, the big one. Yes. Is Joker. Forever alone in a crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck sees connections as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur wears two masks. The one he paints for his day job as a clown and the guys he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as the Joker. Jason, when did you first see Joker?
0: Um, I saw it opening weekend uh, because it played at TIFF, but after I had left because mm-hmm. this year I was only there for the first half. So I saw it opening weekend with everyone else. and and uh, And yeah, it was a scary time to go see it <laughs> because uh, those 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 Colorado uh, families really just wanted us all to feel what they feel. And I get that. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I, I, I I appreciated the opportunity to, you know, sort of empathize with what they, um, you know, the, the horror show that their lives have been turned into ever since the shooting at the last Batman movie. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was like, I feel like I don't know about you, but I'm always in movie theaters, like kind of looking to make sure like where's the always. exit, where's like, you know, where can I serpentine, where can I, what's a seat I can hide under. So, which is, you know, a sad state of affairs, of course, and, and, and particularly mm-hmm. um, for this one. Uh, and I saw it at the Alamo, which honestly was not great because there are so many people that are constantly oh, moving r- around, yeah, yeah, running in and out, um, delivering food and drink. And like kind of running in and out of like weird doors you didn't realize were there, and you're yeah. like, "Well, where's that? who's that? Who's that? Who's that coming through that door? Why are they? What, what, what are they doing? What are they carrying?"
1: Oh, fried pickles.
0: Yeah, fried pickles. That for me, thank you. Yes, I did order that. I forgot. I um, also do
1: feel like uh, Alamo is also safer because there are people walking around and looking around. Where yeah. everyone's not just in this. I also have a thing where I, I'm scared of sleeping because it's weird that everyone's just like totally vulnerable mm-hmm. for eight hours of night, and everyone's cool with that, and they don't take complete advantage of it. So knowing <laughs> that people are around and looking and moving and doing a job while I'm watching the movie makes right. me feel a little bit safer. Stapia but I numbers. also understand what you're saying. Yeah, everything's terrifying.
0: Everything is terrifying, and um, and and you also uh, were frightened going to see this. Yes.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I didn't see it until two, three weeks after mm-hmm. uh, during the day in at a time where I thought it would be um, safer. I, I was against seeing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and that was, I, I, I did bully you, into, into, you see, did. And into seeing it for the people show. People
1: have told me we shouldn't be friends anymore because of that.
0: <laughs> have they really?
1: Uh, yeah, they have. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it's people I work with who know some of the context about why I didn't want to sure.
0: see it. Sure, 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 mm-hmm. sure. Um...
1: But to be fair, the, the reason it upset me was, uh, was out of your knowledge realm.
0: And, you know, I mean, if you're talking about movies that were big in October, it's impossible not to talk about Joker. Oh, absolutely. Um, it is, as we are taping this, it's the final weekend in October, and it is once again the yeah. number one movie in the country, um, which is troubling in its own way, honestly. Yeah. who
1: are the people that are like, I must go see this in the theaters?
0: Yeah, like, people, people are seeing it probably multiple times, like, to have it be number one this many weeks in a row... Um, there's multiple multiple viewings going on, and I just wonder what is it about this movie that people are connecting with so much. Is
1: there something in this movie that would make you see it again?
0: No, I mean, I I can see how I, I I yeah, no, I would say no. I don't I don't personally feel the need to see it again. If I were to watch it again, it would be to you know appreciate sort of the um the brilliance of Walking Phoenix's performance, who I do think is is fantastic in the movie Um, you know it does have I think this is a movie that successfully looks and feels like a really good movie
1: if you're like saying a really good movie was like a 1970s French Crime connection, movie. yeah, taxi driver, which if you've seen yeah. Taxi Driver, you don't need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this that's the thing. This does it's a copy paste of a 70s yeah. classic, uh, um, anti hero anti-hero movie.
0: Yeah, it, it apes those movies in look and feel, in look and feel successfully.
1: We are so. <laughs> so in sync right now we
0: have not talked about any of these movies before no, right haven't. now this is you're hearing it you're hearing the groundbreaking mm-hmm. um so yeah it successfully apes the look and feel of those movies and um and that's and that's about it um i think what's so frustrating to me about this movie is that for all the controversy and for all of the signifiers in this movie that make you feel like ooh this is a really provocative movie if you scratch the surface, this is still just a classic, say-nothing, apolitical studio movie.
1: So, um, I I did know that you thought that before I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. And so, I, w- I was ready for that. And that was part of why I was kind of okay seeing it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be, um, for example, in Fodder. Mm-hmm. However, I found the apoliticalness of it that, that you have a, a problem with... Uh, kind of refreshing because i i feel like when you take the clear parallel to where we are right now in the world that um the lines aren't so clearly drawn Mm -hmm. um the so joker sort of inadvertently kicks off this like social protest or social unrest in gotham at this period of time um and he does things sort of in a bubble for himself in his own world but it it has these like reverberations around society and then he in ends up uh, becoming this cult figure and this this leader of this uh, revolution of of sorts, mm-hmm. without trying to, right. he he becomes aware of it and like it makes him feel like people understand him and see him and know him, but he's not trying to be some sort of figure. And there's no third party that's manipulating him to become some sort of figure. And so part of it feels very. So this I watched it right after the like Hillary Clinton Tulsi. Uh, Blowout situation mm. And it it kind of resonated in that Sometimes things aren't very clearly Bucketed into these political uh, Fragments And that there is this like overlap Between people just being unhappy Because they are poor or things are bad And right. there are tensions So I kind of like the fact that it was Not very uh, along the lines that we're used to saying mm-hmm. I think it kind of
0: worked Interesting Yeah I mean I guess to me it felt like it just wanted to have it both ways. It wanted mm-hmm. to remain vague and ambiguous enough that whichever side you're coming to it from, you would be like exactly.
1: But that's kind of it when you think about like um this uh the the not Bernie likers will are the Trump likers of the it, there's a there's a place of that that's real that just people who want chaos because their lives are upset.
0: Right. Well, I mean I guess I think in this case I'm also I am looking at it cynically as a giant studio movie that it is designed so, um, just for maximum profit to be inoffensive in that regard, to be as straight down the middle as possible so that n- n- no shade of Democrat or shade of Republican could watch it and not be like, uh huh, yeah, this movie gets it. Um, hmm. cause I felt like, you know, it's in terms of like the, on the one hand, you have the character of Arthur Fleck, who seems like you serve your classic uh, sort of like fringe, either Trump voter or like somebody so far left they become right, uh, because, you know, he's a sort of disenfranchised, um, you know, uh, uh, low income white guy uh, who is, you know, sort of has struggling with mental illness and who is, uh, you know, feels like, you know, develops sort of an axe to, to grind against the world and uh wants to get into comedy you know (laughs) it's really it's all it's all right there who
1: cannot identify with
0: um and uh but then you have like the kind of people that he takes on uh i think you were concerned going into it it was going to be he was going to be like sort of like a random Mm -hmm. a random murderer but all the people that he kills it's all very targeted uh or either it's either directly provoked um or it's Mm -hmm. very personal and targeted
1: which was nice to see <laughs> <I don't know.
0: laughs> you're like thank god but
1: i think that like it would be much more difficult to to say that the studios who didn't want to take a stand like edited this back to make no statement versus it being a conscious effort to tell a story from an apolitical point of view both of them are assumptions because we don't know
0: well i mean do you you know the director
1: uh okay weird flex
0: <laughs> I was, do you know who the director is <laughs> <laughs> Weird flex. <laughs> so the director is Todd Phillips.
1: Yeah, Todd Phillips.
0: Uh, who previously made uh, The Hangover. Mm-hmm. And Old Oh, right.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I Yes, I know exactly what we're t- going to talk about here. Yeah. So then you would have assumed he would have made a movie that was way more leaning one way. Um, and I, then you think the studio kind of I don't,
0: them. because I don't... I think that he is a hack. And so I don't think he would have made it leaning one way. I think he was able to... Make this kind of say nothing movie um, in mm-hmm. a way that feels like provocative, but actually doesn't say anything because uh, because his heart is in for him. It's all about you know subverting this idea of comedy, and he's like <laughs> you know I'm gonna own these snowflakes. Let me let me show them. Let me let me just do this really subversive action movie that totally flips around on its head. Everything they thought they knew about about superhero movies, about action movies, about comic book movies, and also have my like cool commentary about comedy. <laughs> um i i just mm. that that further turned me against the movie when uh, when that whole well, yeah that thing made the rounds and i mean i remember hearing awful things about that guy back when his movies were first starting to get really big and um and those movies are almost uniformly reprehensible um mm-hmm. culturally now in retrospect and um and so i don't know i just don't want to like support his effort to somehow rebrand himself as an auteur uh with this which movie. is a whole different discussion sure
1: That's outside of even critiquing what the movie says it's about.
0: Well, I mean, it's part of it because this is the opening salvo of like this second leg of his career, like post comedy or whatever. Mm. I mean, it's it's he's like the writer and director of the movie. It's 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 it's, it, it, it is him.
1: But if you are if you're already sold on his intent, then it's not even worth diving into what the movie says.
0: Well, no i mean like i think i mean obviously in art uh, art and the artist are you know can be separate things i just think that we need to talk about them in connection with each other i'm not like trying to write off the movie just by saying oh todd phillips is a dick bag so let's not talk about the movie
1: speaking of talking about uh directors as uh the uh, pure force in why why we think a movie is good or bad I'm very excited for the new terrence malick movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> i saw the oh, <laughs> i hate you um <laughs>
1: When you talked about his uh, the Joker's or Joker's um, victims, the first victims are these three prep school or post prep school like for um, finance guys, finance uh, white male, and I think that's that that it com- completely sh- like is is where we 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 disagree. Like to me, that's who they are and that's what they're doing and that's how they're acting. But the way Joker um, interacts with them, and by that I mean kills them it has nothing to do with with socioeconomic reasons or race or anything he is like mm-hmm. defending himself as kind of a you know a sl- slow on the uptake recently has a gun uh reasons and that that's like the whole it has all these implications in the world and and the society and uh where gotham is right now but for him it was just a very it was a very bubble moment without thinking right. of of those
0: factors and see for me that choice felt very deliberate for who his first victims are going to be because a, they're not sympathetic uh, mm-hmm. because everybody hates finance guys. Sure. Um, Even finance but, guys. But B, it's coded in a way still because the left and the right each hate them for different reasons. Uh, you know, the left hate it because of this idea of, you know, Wall Street um, owning our political process. Uh, the right kind of also hates it for that same reason when it fits them, uh, but also views it as like a, you know, coastal elite thing. So oh,
1: interesting. So,
0: uh, so I felt like it could still that is a that is a perfect choice that kind of summarizes what i'm saying is that it's provocative and it's coded but in a way that works for whatever your whatever your angle is you're like mm-hmm.
1: but that and, also makes it interesting no
0: well it's interesting in the sense that it is chosen for like maximum impact without actually saying anything in particular and then from that point on you know it's much more like that's the only people that he kills that he like doesn't know or have some sort of connection to
1: it's interesting how our um uh the view of the director and their and our assessment of their intent just changes this this moment completely This mm-hmm. super pivotal moment right to me i'm not taking it as like him making a statement you clearly are mm-hmm. um neither of which we know are true right um and why well, it's it's interesting huh. it to is. me that seems like a really great choice because of that reason because it's like you hate these for completely opposite reasons. Also because they're like sexually assaulting a woman on the right. plane and they're, well, yeah.
0: And it also keeps him, you know, it keeps Joker sympathetic, yeah. uh, because you know, like we're like, yeah, kill them. They're awful. Um, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're textbook, you know, like m- movie villains. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, get them. Um, good on you. Then actually this was a debate that Scott and I had walking home from this movie. Is he, is the Joker, um, is he a serial killer or is he a multiple murderer? I think multiple murderer because he is, it's not random. I feel like isn't what serial killer it has. There's like an element of randomness to it.
1: Um, I don't think so. I think it could be a serial killer with it being intentional. I mean,
0: could anybody be a serial killer if you kill more than one person?
1: Uh, I think it has to be spaced out over a period of time.
0: Hmm. so what do you I'm think i'm gonna
1: pretend i don't know this at all <laughs> I think you, l- l- like we'll there's just... mass murder if you like shoot 14 people at right. one place well, and then yeah, there's like say mass. over a period of Multiple. time. Oh, i'm just like setting the
0: right sure <laughs> you're like i'm you're like to be clear i'm just reading off of wikipedia right now i don't know that's off the <laughs> top of my head
1: um serial i think is yeah i think it's like over a period of time uh, i don't know that like if you know them or not is is quite um the the, the a, a factor in in definition um, and so you said he is a multiple murderer?
0: To me, yeah. To me, the character is a multiple murderer, not a serial killer.
1: Let me think of his kills. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tough one. Uh, I would say, I don't know. I guess I would say multiple murderer. I think that the last one is like too in the public to be a serial killer. Mm. I don't know if that's a factor either, but. Right. I don't know. The goal doesn't seem to be to continue to go on killing. It seems like, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would agree. Um, Is there
1: anything that, what did you like about the movie?
0: Well, I mean, I love Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Um, I, I think that I even read, um, New York times ran a a piece written by like a professional, uh, ballet dancer who sort of like, deconstructs all the ways that he physically incorporates dance into his performance and just the the his the just the physicality, the movement of it. Um you know, it is it is remarkable. And I think that and again, I think it, you know, Todd Phillips does really successfully ape the look and feel of those mm-hmm. of those older movies. Um and I guess the, you know, the proofs in the pudding that the movie, as far as we know, has not inspired uh any kind of uh any kind of acting out, any attacks, any public stuff like, aside from just the general fear around it when it was opening, and I know a lot there was a lot of like internet ugliness from um, right. from the incels who thought it was like their movie. I um, mean, there was also
1: a lot of like uh, coordin- coordinated FBI prevention. There were certain showings of it that were shut down. There were showings mm-hmm. of it where people were not allowed to show up in costumes. Right. So um, yeah. maybe it was prevented by right, you know, um, proactive right. Yes, missions. yeah, not
0: not randomly. Yeah, and so, uh, but yeah, as far as we know. Uh, at least I guess it really was ultimately say nothing enough that it was just like well it's just a movie it turns out so I guess we don't need to worry because it's just a movie um but uh but yeah I don't know um what did you like about it
1: um so I actually did not like his performance as much it seemed a little uh it was over the top and it was um I don't know It, it it was too much it, okay. It, it distracted it was, me. It was
0: a little too uh, show show offy.
1: Little show offy. Uh, a little unnecessary. Um, I found yes, the look and feel aping to be uh, comforting in a way that was familiar, and it, it's you associate that immediately with like good film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> but it was it was pleasant. Uh, I kind of liked the say nothingness of it. I liked the the complicated uh, factor of that. Um, and. I really liked the way that it tied back to the Batman story. As someone who doesn't follow comic book movies very well, mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good um, way of, sh- of of explaining why there was this you know this nemesis di- uh, dichotomy between the two of them that that played very clearly.
0: We do have to watch Batman's parents get killed yet again.
1: <laughs> yet again,
0: those poor guys <laughs> just keep getting it every day, every time. Can't not time and show time that. Again. Can't not show that. At least, like you said. This one has a different uh, sort of plot perspective on that.
1: Right. So what are you giving this one, Jason?
0: It's a consume for me. Same. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's rated R for strong, bloody violence, disturbing behavior, language, and brief sexual images. And by brief sexual images, you mean Mark Marin. I will say that there's a period of the movie where there is this like um, uh, sort of love interest situation that happens that I I, I appreciate now that the movie is over Mm -hmm. in how it was handled. During the movie, I was ready to walk out and come to this (laughs) podcast with a lot of fucking things to say about it.
0: (laughs) So it got
1: me and good on that because I was fired up.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: Uh, all right, <laughs> movie number two is Parasite. Meet the Park family, the picture of aspirational wealth, and the Kim family, rich in street smarts but not much else. Be a chance or fate, these two houses are brought together and the Kims sense a golden opportunity. Masterminded by college-aged Kiwu, the Kim family expediently installs themselves as tutor and art therapist to the Parks. Soon, a symbiotic relationship forms between the two families. When a parasitic interloper... Threatens the Kim's newfound comfort. A savage, underheaded battle for dominance breaks out, threatening to destroy the fragile ecosystem between the Kims and the Parks. Oaksha, this is not. Thank God.
0: <laughs> thank God.
1: I was not ready. I couldn't handle it.
0: Yeah. No, I was. I was. I was worried for you. Thank you. I uh, feel like you would have told me. Because I know that, uh, Oaksha. I believe you said in the past is your number one life cry.
1: Yeah, it was the most dramatic moment of my life.
0: And, uh, so it was really very, you were not excited to see any movies this month. You were not excited for Joker. <laughs> you were dreading Joker and you were dreading Parasite. You're like, what if it's a cute parasite? <laughs> 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 like there's lots of cute parasites in the animal kingdom. And I'm Zerat. very worried what's going to happen to it. How cute are they <laughs> going to make it before they kill it?
1: <laughs> Here we have, this one is definitely, uh, more aligned with Snowpiercer than it is with Oksha. Yes. Say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely much more of a. Uh, a class satire mm-hmm. um, In the sense that well, I guess Snowpiercer was really more of a class allegory And this is more of a class satire
1: You got the premise And also you were told to Not expect anything from this movie um, Based on the trailer Based on the trailer
0: The trailer is so good for this movie Because I don't know a single person Who didn't watch the trailer and say Oh I want to watch that And then after you watch the movie and then see the trailer again You're like oh my god that trailer Kept so much back,
1: so much back.
0: The trailer really only shows you the first like half hour of the movie, Mm -hmm. and there's multiple. There's a giant seismic shift that happens like halfway through the movie, and it does not tease that at all.
1: That's wonderful editing. It also speaks to a wonderful movie. I think that it it, the trailer draws you in with the aesthetics and a bit of the acting and a bit of the humor, Mm -hmm. and also the uh, constant, you know terror and suspense of the movie
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and being able to do that without showing what it was about is yeah again agreed fantastic
0: yeah yeah i mean this is this is this was another movie i saw at tifting and this was my number one movie at the festival mm-hmm. um by far it is it's just excellent it's it's this is a true masterpiece this is for sure going to be in my top five movies of the year um it is and why is that it is (laughs) why is that why is that it is this movie is just a true original uh it is it is fresh it is surprising it is clever uh as we said it really uh takes some some turns plot wise that you do not foresee um it it ends in a jaw-dropping fashion Mm. uh it it shows mastery of several different tones, whether it be sort of like just flat out hilarious <laughs> or, you know, deadpan satire, uh, sort of extreme thriller. Uh, it navigates these, these different tonal shifts with just such mastery, um, and confidence and doesn't, it doesn't lose a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then by the end, I think when I saw it the second time at the, at the Alamo, uh, you know, giant sold out screening the first weekend it was open, and you know people were just laughing so so much in the first half because it is so funny. Mm-hmm. And then when it ended, people were just dead quiet, like everyone just sat in their seats, like it was not one of those things where everyone's like, let me just get yeah. up. Like people were just sitting there, just staring, like, oh my god. Um, and I mean, that's the mark of a great movie. Like it really, it takes you on a ride, and it feels like the the ride is earned. Like Mm. all the different, all the different sort of swings it takes, it earns and it pays for. And, uh, and in the end you're just like, holy shit, that was a movie.
1: And I think that the, I would, I would, I would say that the primary reason for that is, um, as a foreign language film to be able to appreciate acting Mm. because you're half watching the subtitles. Right. And you don't know the the subtleties that people put into how they say their lines. Right, don't the, the line, the, language. Inflection,
0: the inflections. Especially and...
1: in a language that is not even, you know, one of the romance languages. Right. right? You're, you're kind of right. you left even, out of that. Can't make heads or tails of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you can't, but to be... This movie basically could be a play. It only takes place in, like, certain locations. It's right. very... Um,
0: yeah, there's, like, two settings, I guess. Right.
1: Um, but the way that these actors... Flip between the characters that they're playing, both within the movie and within within the the story of the movie, is just tremendous. the uh, the way the affability is that a word I don't know the um the way you kind of can understand the points of view of all of these different disparate points of view is mm-hmm. it's is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, no it it really truly is. Um and yeah, what you're saying about the acting, it's true. Like the acting really does shine so brightly and really just connect and, and you know the humor too that i think that's another mm-hmm. thing where um you know the given the you know sort of the limitation on our part of uh of watching a movie in an asian language and trying to connect with humor like the acting is so just it connects you know like the performances in particular from the rich mom um right that right. is just the deadpan hilarity of that performance is so unbelievable uh you know the fa- the the poor family and their relationships with each other mm-hmm. are hilarious from
1: from the first moment
0: yeah from then, right from the first scene
1: to think about how difficult that must be to have the translation be relatable to kind of flip back and forth between the delivery and the and the response in a group and and be able to get the joke from how they're acting
0: is mm-hmm. it's it's beyond. it's 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 beyond and one and just i hope this movie i think it's going to get this is being tipped very early as like a very likely contender in picture, in director, uh, and in original screenplay. In original screenplay, in particular, mm-hmm. I am full, like full steam ahead behind this movie. Um, because even like beyond just how clever and original the story is, um, the dialogue is mm. incredible. Like, there's a line in this movie that struck me as being like, that is a profound truth. Uh, Which is whenever the poor mom um, They're talking about the rich mom And they're like oh well she's so nice And the mom's like she's not nice She's just rich Uh, Like of course if you're rich you're nice She's like having money and wealth It smooths everything out Mm -hmm. And that I was like oh my god that's true <laughs> that, I don't know it never occurred to me that way because I also the kind of person like when you meet somebody who's like famous or rich or and like, oh they were so nice though they were so, it's like oh fucking they don't get credit for being nice no you should be at yeah, least yeah exactly nice. because it does it smooths things out mm-hmm. like you know like so much of the you know tension and desperation that you know reduces uh, people to uh, dark action has to do with financial anxiety right yeah, and so if you take off financial anxiety, yeah, life is by and large a fucking breeze. So of course they're nice. Mm-hmm. That I love. Yeah, that's a really yeah. That was one of my favorite lines in the movie for sure.
1: This movie has um, it really gets you when you think you know what's going on. Um, I also really enjoyed the 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 in depth exploration of the, of the family that you're you're watching, the way they interact with each other, like mm-hmm. when they kind of have, they have this moment where they sort of have a break. And they all kind of connect and they they're they're good parts and their demons all kind of come out they're all sort of drinking mm-hmm. uh before things take a uh a right harrowing a turn yeah. um it's i feel like the the different roles in this movie are all kind of relatable mm-hmm. you're all in you're we're all one of these people in in part of the scheme mm-hmm. you're the you're the rich family to somebody right you're the you're this family to somebody and then you're also this like shadow group to somebody as well Mm -hmm. um and so it becomes very relatable wherever in the movie you're kind of being sympathetic at the moment
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this movie is fantastic yeah no it it really is um and i think that reviewing it is a tricky proposal just because we really don't want to this is the kind of movie you should see without knowing very much if anything about it um so i i so i don't think we should talk too much more about like about the movie in general, aside from just to say yeah. that it is it is truly fantastic. It's my favorite movie of Bong joon Ho so far, by far. Um, okay. <laughs> because, you know, like, it, it didn't, you know... I, I, I appreciate Snowpiercer and Okja, but I also, like, they, they kind of... I. They weirded me out. <laughs> really, um, you know, in the sense that, like, you know, it, there was just like a, an element of the grotesque about those two movies. Sure, sure. Um, and I, and grotesqueness turns me off in movies. Um, and in this, it's just a really just clean, sophisticated, savage class satire, and which there is still grotesquerie involved, um, but in a way that, um, in a way that I thought was more impactful. Um, I think it's
1: it was imp- it's important to note that. Um, it's a movie with a message, with yeah, without all of the added um, uh, unicorns of the other movie. The other right. movie really went above and beyond to kind of make a point, and this one s- sticks within the realm of, right. of human reality. Exactly.
0: Um, I mean, it's like what you're saying. It's the whole allegory versus satire thing. Mm-hmm. Oceans and Snowpiercer are both allegories, and this one has both feet on the ground, um, very much happening in our world, just involving people being people and all the rich weirdness that can entail
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're giving it a binge it
0: this is my pick of the month uh definite binge it
1: um this would be my pick of the month um however it is reserved for something else but i i wouldn't why can't i have two picks of the month it's a long month
0: you know what go for it (laughs) i agree
1: pick of the month uh also binge it it's rated r for language some violence and sexual content that brings us to movie number three jojo rabbit A World War II satire that follows a lonely German boy named Jojo, whose worldview is turned upside down when he discovers his single mother is hiding a young Jewish girl in their attic. Aided only by his idiotic imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism. So we both saw this when it came out very recently.
0: Yes. As we're taping it, it is Sunday of the weekend that this came to San Francisco. So we both just saw it in the last few days.
1: Um... Before this, we had seen, what, Thor Ragnarok? No, even after Thor Ragnarok was um, Wilderness?
0: And that was before. That was before. Yeah, for yeah, for Teika Waititi's filmography, um, Hunt for the Wilder People came before mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok.
1: And then before that was uh, What We Do in the Shadows?
0: Right, yes.
1: Um, already a fan?
0: Mm-hmm, already, already fan a of, fan. Already a fan of Mr. Waititi. Um, Was very excited for this. Uh, I remember just first seeing the trailer and being like, wow the audacity right but if anybody can do this it's probably him
1: it had to be there's amount of trust there that i think you have in a director if this had been the uh if this had been
0: todd
1: phillips i
0: mean this movie really is like the anti-joker in a lot of
1: ways it really is
0: uh this is like yeah it's it's i feel like they really uh they it's interesting they're coming out the same in the same month because i think they really kind of talk to each other in a lot of ways
1: Where the world is right now to watch this trailer and see a movie that is making Hitler look funny and affable and I think in some of the the trailer cuts, like, maybe kind of sweet and, like, really doing that thing where you're showing Nazi paraphernalia in its, like, graphic design glory. Mm Mm-hmm. It's... it's, You really have to trust the director to think it's going to go somewhere not terrible.
0: This is quite a high wire act
1: it really is and it delivers it delivers uh completely to me this is my pick of the pick of the month um jason it's not yours no um but i think that if we if we go back to hail seat i think this movie is incredibly important um (laughs) Mm -hmm. we have jojo johannes A little boy who is obsessed with Nazis and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, Mm -hmm. and he goes off to Nazi camp Um, because he wants to belong. He wants to belong. He wants to
0: do something that feels important.
1: His father, he believes, is off to um, fight in the German army. Mm -hmm. Um, His mother is there at home, and he goes off to to a camp run by Rebel Wilson and Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. movie is hilarious. I don't know that I've laughed out loud in a movie uh, so much in a while. They they are...
0: You were just a regular Arthur Fleck sitting there, just having your <laughs> laughing disorder, handing out your card left and right. Except People your card said, understand. the movie is just funny. I laugh when things are funny.
1: <laughs> Laminated. Yes. <laughs> I rarely get to use it, but I, no. I definitely used it here. Um, this movie has a point yes it again being the anti-joker it very much has an angle Mm -hmm. and the angle is is very important um this is all nonsense uh and there's a a very um profound line in this movie i think it's also in the trailer where it's uh the 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 girl the woman that they are um protecting in their house teenager tells jojo you're not a nazi you're a little boy who likes swastikas and you want to be part of the group right and that is the message that needs to go out. That is that is it of the movie, where mm-hmm. these things are fun and games, 4chan, yeah. 8chan, nonsense, Proud Boys. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, these things are serious and involve people's lives. And with, with some compassion, some understanding, um, some understanding of yourself and what you're sad about and what people are going through in the world, you're hopefully not a Nazi still.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that was the point that I started to appreciate the movie more after I watched it, because I think my, my initial thought watching it was this is wow. This is actually very simple and kind of simplistic and, and kind of, you know, it's, it, it's Moonrise Kingdom with Nazis <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, um, you know, and this is if aside from YTDS very specific and, and, a-plus comedic sensibility. This is schmaltzy. This mm-hmm, is a pretty mm-hmm. sentimental movie. Um, But then it was then that I realized, oh, basically what I just watched is actually... It's not... I'm not even really... This is almost for young kids. This is like a young adult movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is. Like, all the things that bug me about it, I once I looked at it as a young adult movie that's meant to, like, try to catch these young, like, disenfranchised white kids especially boys who are falling prey to extremist ideology Mm -hmm. um, to help. You know, I was like, oh, fuck, like this movie could actually save the world. Um, Like if 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 the kids who are at risk see it and can connect with it and remember um, how it made them feel and empathize, then I was like, oh, this is very powerful.
1: This movie reminded me of um, Get Out in that I think Get Out very plainly explained racism to people who might not understand it this movie to me explains fascism to a way that people might not understand it Mm,
0: mm -hmm. yeah i could see that um i think that yeah and so i really appreciate those things about it and uh and it is very you know risky that taika waititi plays hitler in such a likable way Mm -hmm. um but and yet somehow it at no point does it feel threatening you know i think that there were moments in the movie where i was like okay this movie is just like L- laughing at something which is actually a very real risk and it doesn't take it seriously at all and it's not really showing us much in the way of consequences but then it does so, uh, show consequences does. um eventually uh in in quite a gut punch um uh around halfway through that may or may not be a feel-good moment depending on your feelings and recent casting controversies uh, <laughs> but uh but uh but uh but yeah i mean i i uh so, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just going to keep circling this point for me that was, okay, this is like a young adult movie. Um, but I think it's you know it's incredibly well done, and it is very funny. And, um, and the risks that it takes um, pay off uh, comedically and dramatically. Um, I am confused about the choice to make two of the characters a gay couple. Uh, I don't really know what the point of that was. It felt very strange to me. Really? Yes. I felt like it was – I just didn't quite – follow what the point of that was since it felt like it was just something to laugh at and I get that they were meant to be like they were kind of the good Nazis, but they were still very much Nazis.
1: Hmm. And
0: uh, and I was just a little like, what is what is this? Other than to be like, ha 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 interesting. Gays. Um, Gay Nazis. I
1: think without the uh, again, this is like if you've seen it, this will right. make sense. Um, yeah. or once you've seen it, as you should, I'm giving mm-hmm. it a binged um, and a and a pick of the month. But um, I think when you think of the arc of that character, mm-hmm. um, and all of the things that they do uh you kind of understand a point where people are there's always this point um and i can't wait to see this terrence malick film (laughs) where people get caught up in the system but they still have other sensibilities and i think if they didn't have that other the other things that they do in the movie then it would have been kind of a weird uh dig for comedic value but i Mm -hmm. think that you're finding people kind of like in the middle of this system that they were in i don't know I see what you're saying, but I, I think that there's also a place for that kind of character in the... F- you, know, you can't be like this... Not everyone is a complete Nazi or a complete, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, resistance fighter. Somewhere right. in the middle of these people that are, like, kind of caught up in the system. Right. Um, I think... This also reminds me about how Parasite w- so was... So what you're
0: saying is that there's fine people on both sides. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn it!
0: <laughs> they just got caught up in the system, guys. <laughs>
1: look but but at the same time the character does something sometimes you have to stand up in a little moment and you stand up in a little moment
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: i thought that was a powerful point of the movie um where and again he could have easily been found to be out of uh, making a mistake or punished but took a chance for people
0: are you talking about a scene in the house uh yeah okay
1: oh, this is just getting very inside baseball. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying
0: to keep it vague uh, just yeah. to make sure that you're talking about that scene. Yeah,
1: uh, sometimes people don't feel like they have to like stand up and do something. It's like to stand up and do something, and they and this character did, and um or in
0: this case to not do something,
1: to or to not do something. Right. Um and back to parasite being like us but better because it doesn't make you imagine where they got those scissors and things. Y-
0: did you you didn't did you say that while we were doing the review? I didn't, but I.
1: <laughs> now is the reminder bro, this oh. is like Get Out. Parasite is like us, but Parasite is better. Mm-hmm. This is like Get Out, but they're also great in parallel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got a little in the weeds there. <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah, that was just a sticking point for me.
1: I would say that I agree with the young adult um, view. And then also say it's an adult movie because the American education system
0: <laughs> means a
1: lot of adults um, right. do can relate yeah. to young adult stories.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why um, I mean, telling um, you know a, a sort of an allegory like this in a really simple, straightforward way, and having a, a child protagonist like there's a reason why stories for young adults and kids are so timeless is because mm. there is that sort of like just timeless simplicity to the way that they tell their story. And so I think this could be an enduring story like that. Um so uh it's just for me personally, I was just kinda like, okay, yeah, it's cute. Um but I, I do feel like it is um yeah it's something it's a movie that I definitely hope that a lot of a lot of young kids see. hmm
1: And people with young kid minds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs>
1: I will say um I absolutely love Scarlett Johansson here. Oh, do you? I thought she was amazing. Yeah. And I think that her performance um had it been any less stellar would have made um the I don't know, roller coaster of this movie not as impactful. Right. But I think she she knocks it out of the park.
0: Yeah, she has one scene in particular uh where she sort of plays both herself and her in and, and her husband who's absent. Mhm. And it's a incredible piece of acting
1: it really is that's
0: the thing it's hard to knock ScarJo, um you know dumb comments about casting uh, aside because she just <sighs> delivers she always delivers i don't
1: get it her boyfriend's colin Jost. she's yeah. in these movies where does she where does she get these opinions
0: well people hate colin jose too a lot of people think he's like the perfect person for her because he is thought of as this sort of like nightmare like fr- fratty he's like you know fratty banker comic and, really? Uh, but I feel
1: like he's like... Well, anyway. I, like, a, I personally like him. personally a conversation for another day. I personally
0: like him. It's a conversation um, for another month. But a lot of people think he's like the perfect partner for her because they hate them both.
1: Ah, interesting. I feel like he's so self-aware of his like... I think so too. Pres- okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, yeah, this is a binge to me. It's important. I think that even if you... Even if you are on the right side of history mm-hmm. and you demonize people who are on the wrong side of history... I think this is a good reminder of like how people get to that place, um, through their own uh, in a you know their through a childlike need to belong, and there and then after that he kind of gets into this place where he's like, well, no one will love me, and then he becomes more angry. I think that there's a a bit of empathy and sympathy that you can find here no matter where you are, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish this was required viewing in schools.
0: Yeah, for me it is. Um, I'm gonna go. It's for me it's like the consume plus binge minus territory. Um, but I do co sign um, everything Rebecca just said.
1: Fair enough. Um, love that. We'll cut that. We'll edit that <laughs> into everything we do going forward. Uh, Jojo Rabbit is rated PG 13 for mature thematic content, some disturbing images, violence, and language. Also the performance of Jojo and his best friend.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best friend, in particular, the I, best friend I, in particular. I, I was, I, I was, I was beyond tickled. Beyond. Uh, every time. Uh, I'm so glad he had a great scene there at the end, too. And yes. I was like, this is just A+. Plus. Oh, A+. Plus. I binge The Friend.
1: Yes, binge The Friend. That brings us to our last movie of the week, which is Pain and Glory. A film director reflects on the choices he's made in a life as past and present come crashing down around him.
0: Here we are, the last movie of our first ever monthly roundup. And it is uh, the new movie by Pedro Almodovar. It is... Arguably, Parasite's number one competition at the uh, for award season for uh, the foreign category, at the very mm. least, and it also um, hopefully will present a challenge to Joaquin Phoenix and Best Actor uh, for Antonio Banderas.
1: I hope so. Boy, oh boy! Wow, what is this... polar opposite uh, performance?
0: Yeah, much smaller, much more nuanced, much more, much less showy, oh. uh, but just felt to the bone.
1: How you've seen these two grow to- together, mm. and it's reflected in the movie. But how you've yeah. seen young, um, sexy, flamboyant, um, mm-hmm. energetic Antonio Banderas versus old, fuzzy, sexy <laughs> <laughs> Antonio- Post,
0: Post-Melanie Griffith.
1: Post-Melanie Griffith, uh, addled with uh, diseases and uh, afflictions. Still sexy Antonio Banderas. <laughs> what a journey.
0: Oh, God, I just had a flashback. Do you remember when SNL would do the Antonio Banderas show? No. they. I can't remember who they had playing him. Um, but, um, he'd be like, you know, I am Antonio Banderas and this is my, how do you say show? <laughs> and, uh, and then he'd be like, and he would start to like stand up or something. And then like the backing thing would be like, no, Antonio, it's too sexy. It's too sexy. Oh, yes, yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Now I remember.
0: <laughs> I just remembered that. Oh my God. What yeah. a
1: whole new audience. Mm-hmm. Um, also I, I, my question coming out of this movie is that. Are older Latin American men ever not bears?
0: Mm, Ever not bears? Yeah, is is it just
1: is it just is bear culture just the norm?
0: I wouldn't call him a bear in this movie. Really? No, he's all fuzzy. Well, he's not like he's not. Well, I mean, first he's still like fairly trim,
1: sure, um,
0: and he is not. He's not. If he was bald and had a big bushy beard, I'd be like, "Oh, look, Antonio is a bear." Oh,
1: interesting. Although with
0: his build, he made me more of a daddy than a bear. Mm,
1: okay, uh, I need to understand something. To hey, yeah, and beard. we were ju-
0: we just discovered giraffes uh, as a gay, <laughs> as a gay type just minutes ago, um, so we're 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 still figuring things it's those out.
1: Those knobby head things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, so uh, so yeah, so this is this is sort of the culmination of the decades of collaboration that Almodovar and Banderas have done. And uh, in which finally Almodovar has invited Banderas to basically play him to be Mm -hmm. his on-screen surrogate for his own sort of personal, like Fellini's eight and a half, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, his own sort of just reckoning um, with his, although Fellini's was more like midlife and this is a bit on, bit on closer to like sunset years. Um, But just it's such a personal movie um and it it doesn't really try to hide the fact that it really is like as transparent as it feels mm-hmm. that it, it really is almodovar sort of reckoning in a very autobiographical memoir type way with his life so far with his preoccupations with the things in his childhood that made him the way he is with like the heartbreak along the way the men that got away the complicated relationship with the mother, played by Penelope Cruz in the movie. Oh my God! Another, I mean, like any time you can get her in an Amadova movie, it's a fucking event. Um my mother. Oof.
1: Still reigns as top five of all time.
0: You know, Criterion's putting that out. Are they? Yeah, they're doing a Criterion. Have you already bought it? It's no, it's coming out in like February, I think. But yeah, they're doing. Uh, oh, we're gonna have a it, we're gonna
1: have a party over here. Oh,
0: we really are, and we are going to cry. <laughs> uh, Stop us to go. But uh, but yeah, so this is. This is definitely Almodovar in dramatic, serious. This is not. This is not like a campy sex comedy. Mm. <laughs> this is very, <laughs> very uh, sort of morose, um, but not without a few winks here and there.
1: Sure, and also, I mean the the general background of Madrid mm-hmm. um, and its beautiful colors, the way that um, he and his characters appreciate the modern art and. Uh, the the design of 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 that culture I think mm-hmm. also w- one of my takeaways was that like Banderas and Penelope Cruz are both like the personification of that type of art that like you know mm. post modern like bright the blown glass the mm. the bold blocks of like they are so there um, and in this movie you see kind of a different angle of of how um, of how they shine but it's it's still they're, they're forces mm-hmm. and, and they tell this story in a way that I, I don't know, it would be hard to see. It would be, I feel like it would be boring with other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it definitely, the casting does add a lot to the power of the way that Almodovar is telling this story. It just made me think of, um, Honey Boy actually, which we'll talk about next month, but which Rebecca and I have both already seen in this sense that it, there's sort of like a movie within a movie vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is a, an artist sort of reckoning with their trajectory so far and, you know, sort of, you know, casting people to play them within a movie mm. that they've written. In, in that case, it's Shia LaBeouf. Um, but uh, but I think this is also, even though it's so, in, another thing both movies have in common is that they are so specific
1: right, yeah. to
0: the experiences of Shia LaBeouf and Pedro Amadovar that you might almost think like, well, can anybody else even connect to what this is about? Um, that was certainly a thought I had in Honey Boy, which I would argue is even more specific in a very um peculiar way. But um but that's the thing, is that you, the more specific you get, the more you unlock these universal truths and human experiences mm-hmm. that do resonate with viewers. And especially, I mean, obviously Amadovar is one of the world's great directors and has been for something like forty years now. And um and he really in this you know, he's trained the lens on himself in this movie and he's done a fairly searching unforgiving moral inventory of himself uh you know he's he's hardened himself in this i'd say um and he is really lays his soul bare for the things that keep him up at night um at this point in his life looking back
1: i was not prepared for your um my my a speech (laughs) (laughs) no to your comparison to honey boy oh (laughs) that i would say is incredibly more specific and harder to relate to where well maybe i well, uh, it I mean... seems like it is a very specific telling with a lot of things to relate to where whether it be um, the ability to ice is- or the uh, proclivity to isolate w- when faced with issues that you don't know how to deal with mm-hmm. um, and like shame associated with illness and addiction um, the way it is to look back at, at your previous at any phase in life, I think you can look at look back at at other parts of your life and wistfully, and um, I don't know, have a hard time showing the world who you are now mm, as mm-hmm. those things have changed. Again, probably in in a way that people not in public life can right. relate to as as strongly, but still mm-hmm. still there. Yeah, who doesn't have trouble going back to their high school reunion?
0: <laughs> not me. <laughs> we don't have them. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this one feels um. Even though it is clearly this autobiography, I think that you could not know that and still find this to be a, a movie that's mm-hmm. relatable. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't. Because, uh, I mean, it is. you who know, has obviously. gained Yeah. Right. <laughs> <No gasps> alongside. I mean, yes. I mean, this is about, you know, like a, a wealthy, acclaimed, affluent director in his like around in his late 50s in Madrid. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, who is, uh, yeah, just figuring out what his legacy is and what his life story is, like, you know, looking back on what's behind him in life, um, knowing that there's less ahead of him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think that Honey Boy is much more specific just because there's a lot more just quirks in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think they, they, there is a, a dialogue between those two movies. No, I, I think. agree.
1: I agree. I agree that there is. Um, um,
0: and, uh, and yeah, and this is just a really just gorgeous, luminous, um, poignant movie that is yeah I've just acted the hell out of by Antonio Banderas who has never been better this is definitely an awards caliber performance from him
1: I would say other than Puss in
0: Boots other than Puss in Boots <laughs> which which did make you cry harder uh, <laughs> all you have to do is make that face and you're just a oh, basket case oh,
1: complete <laughs> Um
0: I'm giving this a binge it
1: absolutely a binge it awesome. Um, it is rated R for drug use some graphic nudity and language that's it
0: that is it. That's we the end of our done. first ever monthly digest. Let us know what you think about the format. Let us know if you have any ideas about how to do it differently. We're totally open. This is a brand new way of doing it for us. Um and uh if all goes according to plan, uh we will be back at the end of November. And boy oh boys, that can be a tough one to trim down. I mean, uh, it might be longer. It might be a little longer. It might I be two. Hope you guys are okay with that. Uh but uh in the meantime, um, that's that.
1: Mm-hmm. Be sure to uh, subscribe um, wherever you get your podcasts. Jason is on Twitter at
0: ExcessFaggage. And
1: Fight Balance. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. That there goes was the binge. binge.